So apologies to everyone who has is yet to read the newsletter. I did only send it today. Um, and if you have read the newsletter, you will know why I only sent it today. Um, but it's been a it's been a really interesting, challenging, positive, chaotic, strange, difficult week. Uh, and that's that's good and that's hard and that's what life is like. And I suspect that a lot of us are in similar situations, at least from the conversations that I've been having with people. So thanks, um, Renee, for guiding us through that prayer opportunity for one another. I found that really encouraging. Okay, so today we're, we're continuing this series on the Beatitudes. And don't worry, this, this, I am slowly to phase out. I've got a bunch of people who have put up their hands to, to get involved, which I'm really encouraged about. Um, but you've got me just for a little bit longer. And, and I'll, I'll hand over to another person uh, in a screen version shortly. But we're going all the way into Christmas with this series. Um, and today's blessing, I have to admit, was one that I think in the past I have read over. I don't know if you do the same thing as me, but you know when you have those really familiar lists of things, you're like, yeah, yeah, meek, okay. Um, but I think it's one that is especially countercultural. It's It's particularly counter to the way that the world celebrates this so-called self-made wealth and individual fame and the success that we pursue regardless of the cost to others or to our environment. I think that the myth of the self-reliant, self-sustaining, self-made person is radically undermined by these words. And these words are, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the world. So, I want to point out something right at the beginning of this sermon. And apologies again for not having more exciting slides. I normally try to, but again, complicated week. Um, but I, I really wanted to point out something right at the front that will help us frame our understanding of this word meek. Does anyone use this in regular conversation out of curiosity? It's not a word that we tend to employ. Um, but one thing that we need to know is throughout the Beatitudes, Jesus refers to um, Isaiah 61. Now, if you remember from last week, I, I talked about Isaiah 61, the fact that Jesus uses it at the very beginning of his ministry when he's in that synagogue at Nazareth. At Nazareth. And it, it begins, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. Do you guys remember that? I, I showed a little bit of it. And as we discussed last week, Jesus quotes this passage of Isaiah at the beginning of his ministry, and it's because he wants to identify himself with the, the promised establishment of God's reign on earth. This passage of scripture is throughout all of the Sermon on the Mount. I, I had a kind of nerdy slide, which you're, you can be thankful that I didn't put up, although maybe some of you would have liked it. Um, but it has all of the blessings next to Isaiah 61. And they, it's, it's as if Jesus is sort of has it in front of him and he's recalling it, although he doesn't need to read it off a scroll. It's important to remember Isaiah 61 because I think that our view as modern day people of words like poor and poor in spirit and broken hearted and meek and humble would be misunderstood if we don't recognize how they were used in the Old Testament. It's a picture of a world that was broken, but one that was yearning for the promise of new things. Isaiah 61 was a, a prophecy. It was this it's a prophecy of deliverance for Israel. It is a hoped-for vision of this 
of God's favour, right? Declaring God's favour to be present. It's comfort for the mourning, it's joy for the righteous, good news for the poor. And Dave said this two weeks ago, and I thought that this was so profound. But to read the Beatitudes in the lead up to Christmas, I did not plan for this. Um, I'm not that clever, but it's the literal reminder that God does come into the world. God's reign is um, inaugurated in the flesh of Jesus Christ. And if you remember what the angels say in Luke, they say glory to God in the highest and peace on earth, on, on men, on people, on whom his favor rests, right? In the mouth of Jesus, the Beatitudes are a revelation of this promised reign of God. As I've been saying again and again, it's not an analysis of the world as it is, but it's an announcement of the kingdom. It's Christ saying, it is here, it has come to anyone who is ready to hear. So when we hear this word meek in Matthew, we should also hear the, we, we should also hear the word poor out of Isaiah. And that is the word in Hebrew of anawim, which means oppressed and powerless, but it also means humble and in right relation to God. So blessed are those who are powerless and oppressed, for God is for you. He is your God. Blessed are those who are humble, because you know that it's God who provides and it's God who saves. And for anyone who is... Um, familiar, really familiar um, with the Psalms, you'll know that Jesus is not just quoting Isaiah when he is going through the Beatitudes. In fact, Blessed are the Meek is a direct quote out of Psalm 37. It wasn't one that we looked at in our series. But Psalm 37 says this, The meek will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity. And in Psalms, that's the same word in Hebrew, Anawim. It's the word that in Isaiah is poor, and in the Psalms is meek. And the meaning is the same. Socially and economically powerless, but humble and surrendered to God. Blessed are those who are powerless, God is with you. Blessed are those who are surrendered to God, because in Christ you are delivered and set free to love God, to love others, according to this new reign of God. So I, I stole this translation um, from another writer, but I think it's really useful. So instead of thinking of it maybe as blessed are the meek, we might think of it as this. Joyful are those whose will or whose wills are surrendered to God, for they will inherit the earth. Now, as I was thinking through this, and the reason I wanted to think of meekness as surrender is because meekness, humility, <coughs> Maybe I live in different circles to you folks, but they're not really virtues that are exalted in my day-to-day -day life. I think very often we associate these traits as more like weakness, right? You're a harmless pushover. He's just a meek, timid guy. In fact, there is a really ugly history of slave owners quoting this verse to their slaves to keep in check, be docile, be meek. God values that. God values the quiet, those who suffer in peace. Let injustice pass you by. And I have to admit, I did not always in my life associate being gentle with being strong or being meek with being reverent to God. 
And I think that I can say this specifically as a, as a male in our society, because I think that very often gentleness, which is another way that meek is often translated, we're told that gentleness is something that is a feminine trait, right? Um, men are forceful, women are gentle. Men are strong, women are kind. I think even humility has been tarnished by that same idea, right? Men get things done. Sometimes the cost is, sure, they're a little selfish, they're a little ambitious, they're a little arrogant, but hey, they get it done. Have you encountered this before? I feel like this is a narrative that we're told. The kingdom that Christ is inaugurating has nothing to do with the vain idea that we're the ones who get stuff done. The kingdom of God is not a kingdom for the arrogant, for the haughty, for the proud. It's a kingdom for those who are powerless, who know that it is God that sustains. But this knowledge is not about being timid. It's not about being quiet and docile either. In Matthew 11, verse 28, Jesus says these really famous words. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And he says this about himself. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and my burden is light. So Jesus, Jesus is gentle and humble in heart. And I don't think we would call him a coward. I think that there is a difference between being docile and being humble. There is a difference between being weak and being gentle. The humble, the gentle, the meek, these are people who have surrendered their wills to God. They're not people who are going to compromise when the world wants them to fashion their lives after ambition or wealth or arrogance. They are instead, as we say and hope and pray in our community H3O, the hands and the feet of God on this earth. And as we, as a church, fashion the world into the image of God's kingdom, as we extend God's radical love, that's when we inherit the world. We might say that the meek participate in the world that they are inheriting. And that other world is fading away. Humility, meekness, gentleness, these are about right relationship, not just between ourselves and God, but between ourselves and others, and maybe even within myself, right? Humility is thinking less often about our needs. It's a proper sense of who I am in relation to the created order. Um, this is a line from a writer called Joan um, Chittister. Golly, I should have just said Joan. Um, <laughs> And she says that being humble is, and this is when I'm standing in front of the screen, the foundation of our relationship with God. Our connectedness to others, our acceptance of ourselves, our way of using the goods of the earth, even our way of walking through the world without arrogance, without dominion, without scorn, without put-downs, without disdain, without self-centeredness. The more we know ourselves, the gentler we will be with others. Blessed are the meek might be understood as blessed are the humble because they know themselves and they know that all things are a gift from God. And the world that they inherit is a world that is not theirs, right? But God's. 
So I, I thought rather than just speak at you, I would like to show a video. And it turns out I discovered this a little late in the piece, but Common Grace has, has released a video for every one of the Beatitudes. But we're not going to rely on them. Um, but I am for today. Um, and this is a really useful video because it, it talks about this Beatitude, Blessed of the Meek. And it compares the lives of those people who are haughty or arrogant or prideful with those of the meek, people who are humble, who recognize that life is a received gift from God. It is that knowledge that we are inheritors of a free gift that changes the way that we relate to God, how we relate to our neighbors, how we relate to creation. And at the end of the video, there are several questions that aren't really posed, but which are kind of implied. Um, and I have them up here. And I, I'll, I'll put these back up at the end, but I thought that they were really useful. To what extent do I live my life as if I'm owed something? Do I live my life in the realization that I live because Christ lives in me? And I, I also added some others. How does... Ooh, oh, yeah, that's the first one. Renee has reordered them for me, which is thoughtful, actually. Um, how does Jesus... How does Jesus... See, I had an apostrophe possessive there, but that's okay. Um, how does Jesus' life embody meekness? Uh, yeah, I'm sure it happened. How does Jesus' life embody meekness? What might a meek life... What's that? Is that meekness? Telling us about meekness? <laughs> no, it's not. Oh, I'm caught in my own trap. Yeah, well, I have a lot to learn about this, obviously. And I will own that as well. I think that, and when I said that, I, I mean that absolutely, fundamentally, honestly. Um, I'm still learning that gentleness is strength, right? Um, as opposed to just strength. Um, what might a meek life look like in our community here? Maybe not like that. How might I orient my life toward reaching meekness? Um, and how might we live in a world where meekness is valued over arrogant pride? Because this is what the Beatitudes are about. They're not just about blessings, but they're also about looking at creating a kingdom where those blessings are the norm, where it is meekness that is valued over arrogance and pride. It's about proclaiming a kingdom where this is how things are. It's the radical love of Christ. So I'm going to play this clip, which... Yeah. So... The reason that I wanted to show these, these the, the video, and I should say this now, is because in, in the video there was some, this distinction between haughtiness and pride and humility and meekness is what's really brought up. And this is something that's present the whole way through the Old Testament. Um, and if you remember, if any of you have read um, the Psalms recently, I don't know, there's a series that we did, maybe you were here for it, right? Uh, if you remember that, there's this claim that the psalmist makes so often that God would reward the righteous, right? And not the people who always seem to get their way. Um, and Christ's reign, his proclamation of a new kingdom is precisely this hoped-for reality. When it would actually be those who are righteous, those who are meek, those who are poor in spirit, those who live under the surrendered will of God that would inherit the world. And that it would be their obligation then to see that world come, right? Christ isn't just proclaiming something that is. He's also calling in the good news of the kingdom that we are its hands and feet for. Hands and feet for. Um, 
So again, I think these are good questions, and I would really appreciate if people took the time to discuss them with each other, because I think that we do that really well as a community. Um, but there's a lot there, and because we don't have the video to curtail us, I think just pick something that's compelling for you, and, and we'll, I'll bring people up. And as it turns out, Matt prepared the most implausibly appropriate song um, for us to think about, which is about calling for our own surrender under um, God's will, which is really what meekness is about. So um, maybe when, when you're ready, we'll take about five-ish minutes to talk through these questions. Um, yeah, sorry the video didn't work, but um, take some time now amongst yourselves. Yeah, I will. I'll put it in the newsletter that will come on Friday this week, all things being equal. Oh, you know what? Can I share one more thing? One more thing. Um, do, do people remember, if you haven't read the newsletter, newsletter, you'll know that there are two people of whom this word, meek, is used specifically in scripture. One of them is Moses and one of them is Jesus Christ. Moses, who did it in not particularly well to begin with, but ultimately surrendered his will to God and stood up to a pharaoh. And Christ, who surrendered his will and stood up to the Roman Empire and ultimately stood up to death itself. So when we think about meekness, we're not talking about powerlessness, we're talking about surrender to a higher power. So take that.